podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So we're live. On, we're live. People say you're not live anymore. So 4020 sometimes live, but here we are at uh, the studio. 20 past two on a Monday afternoon. Because we're, we're here, so you, know, you can't mind now. Well, and, and the subtitle of today's episode is Never Wear Black Clothes When You've Got White Cats. No, checking the recorders. Did some interviews yesterday at the Women's Super League, Women's Challenge Cup games. I've got to sort my camera out, didn't I? So that was uh, uber professionalism on this channel. Um, the the Rugby League podcast that packs a punch, much like Will Smith at the Oscars. There you go. Couldn't be more relevant. I, I don't even know what happened. I don't, I don't watch any films. Um, Phil, we've been at the World Cup again. Well, Two hundred. Well, we've not been at the World no. Cup. It's not started yet. Tomorrow is 200 days out. So we were invited to Manchester to go and hear the plans of the new creative agency that is, uh, is taking over the, um, the look and feel of the tournament. Uh, we, I think we can reveal that Enny and Deck <laughs> are um, going to be mentioning it on their mm-hmm. Saturday night takeaway. Um, and I think there's even a hint that it might be on Gogglebox, or people from Gogglebox might get involved. But it looks very good. I, I think the message is clear. Um, there's excitement. John Dutton is going to go to Australia at the international break. He's already arranged to speak to all of the NRL chief executives. There seems to be buy-in from over there about speculating which players are going to be playing for which nations. Um Ticket sales seem um, above the 2013 level, mm-hmm. which is what they're comparing it to, particularly the, the opening event in Newcastle. I think there's, there's been a, uh, a lot of interest in that. The doubleheader grand final at Old Trafford uh, and clearly the semi-final at the Emirates. They're, they're looking for, well, they've already achieved a record crowd of sales for the opening women's game. Which is superb, isn't it? Uh, at Headingley, which is a doubleheader as well. Um, and they're expecting to sell more for that. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a positive message, but it was mainly to meet the new people who were on the the media and marketing side of the tournament. And um, I got the feel that this is something that not only we will enjoy and be proud of, and we would encourage everybody to to go and support actively at grounds. But actually, it really could be a, a proper legacy project for the sport. There's there's some really good people involved. Mick Hogan now is uh, is full time on the commercial side and. Uh, we know what a great job he's done in, in Newcastle, both for League or Union and in the student rugby league game. Um, so, yeah, there was a bit of a feel-good factor and there was a bacon sandwich. And there was, there was, I, I had a sausage sandwich. I had one sausage in it. So if there's any complaints, you know, <laughs> come on now. Uh, tea nice, coffee. Coffee was coffee lovely. Dry, water, a bit dry. I mean, how, how does that work? The um, But no, it was good. It was good. Yeah, nitpicking, isn't it? The biscuit's not nice and I forgot to have one, which is very smart. Oh, I missed the biscuit. So we're too busy talking about Stockport County with Gary Carter because they're going up apparently. Um, they don't like sale either. So they could be the football team of this programme. Um, Along with Dumbarton. And Dumbarton, of course. Um, the other exciting news is the trophies are going on tour. They've got, they've, they've got a van which I can only describe as being like the Portmobile. <laughs> but he said, I guess when uh, John Paul II uh, shuffled off this mortal coil, they had no use for it at the Vatican. We've got it in a deal and it's got all three World Cups in the back of it. Or three of the four World Cups. I, 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 the three World Cups that are, exist at the minute, they're there. And they're going around the country. So if you're on the motorways at some point in the next 48 hours from tomorrow, you may see them. Yes, they're going from Newcastle right back down to London over the course of two days. Half an hour in every host city, which includes an event. So if you live in a host city or you're close to one, uh, look out for the schedule. Um, and, and again, all good publicity for what we hope will be the biggest and best ever and most inclusive World Cup leading into France in three years' time. So uh, so ca- came away thinking this is a sport that uh, is positioning itself. It's, um, it'd be interesting, especially with, I don't know how local media works these days because everything's homogenised, but you can imagine that the local newspapers of Doncaster or whatever will be there tomorrow looking at the the World Cup trophies and getting excited that the England football band's going to be at the whatever the keep moat's called these days it's not the keep moat anymore no it's something else now Bernie Clifton's in the England football supporters band oh sorry I think I remember Clifton was in the, it's the Bernie training Clifton, squad it's the Bernie Clifton like, stadium I know we've had some injuries to players but uh, we got down to St Helens A team of Bernie Clifton it's very exciting the World Cup is coming 
Uh, no, and, it, and it is it is a very very we should we, we shouldn't undervalue how important it is for the sport and how much confidence I think we as people who are trying to monitor it and help promote it having the people who are running it. Um, you know, we, we've said on on here a lot that John Dutton is doing a great job and the sport needs to do something perhaps to look at keeping him in it. Um, and it, we, we'd speculated in our uh, half decent magazine that if there are you know, a, a new commercial body being being created and they're looking for directors who don't have a link with a particular club then John Dutton will be a very good chair of that not that we're telling people who they should appoint but um, but it, no it's it's a, a, an only positive story and, and, and it was good to be there He's got a season ticket somewhere I Lee. Ask him, Lee. Uh, He's a Lee man oh, I've got another one Born and bred uh, Good afternoon says Carsten Go early. I know we are. I know we're early. It, it's circumstance. We is like it, that element of unpredictability. It's in COVID isolation. Carsten, does the picture look any better? I mean, granted, this is the most narrow of narrow casting, but I know how many people are watching right now, so it doesn't matter. Is the picture better because I've done something to the settings? If it is, good. If not, we'll work it out. Speaking of, um, I don't think there's any more news out of today at the World Cup other than that everything's on track everything's positive everything's good yeah there's some broadcast deals have been signed there's a new sponsor to come in so that you know yeah. it, it's all positive I think the other thing we, we we heard last week was that they're starting to, to decide what the qualification process is for 2025 they've, they've allocated berths by federation but not yet the qualifying tournaments to see who's involved and who isn't it's, it's affiliate nations and above um, so again, fledgling observer nations won't be part of this particular process, which I think has most impact in Africa, um, where they're getting new nations. But you you have to have reached a certain level of membership, and and each of those levels come with criteria that you've got to have established in that country, um, which is no bad thing. So yeah, um, we seem to be looking further ahead than just tomorrow, <laughs> which is good. That's very unrugby, isn't it? But. Uh... Robert's asked a question. So before I get on to a different topic, Carsten, it's a bit better than you say. Is it, is it good enough, Carsten? That, that's the main question. If, it, if, it's, if it's good enough, good. If not, then I'll, I'll think of another idea. Uh, Robert Hacker, what do you think about the six again rule? Ruining games, self-restraining, different interpretations from different refs, putting me off watching. Robert's one of those people who's not watching rugby league anymore. Well, he is, but he's not. Is it related to Hacker T Dog? I don't know. Or, from or, Wigan. Or James Hacker, former Prime Minister. I don't know. Um, no one knows the rules anyway. I, I was a real fan when it was brought in because I thought it was going to open up play, speed it up a little bit, change the dynamic for that wrestle in the tackle, um, which I think we needed to get away from. I, I'm a little bit with you on that. That I think if you, if the crowd don't understand why something is being given, then it's hard to sell. Um, and clearly, the amount of six against do seem to vary between games. So. It's very hard to pin down exactly what it's being given for. The, the Aussies have recognised that it needed tweaking. Uh, they're now giving penalties for teams coming out of their own 40 metres zone, so you can't just make it seven tackle sets because you're in the right part of the field and it gives you the chance to realign your defence and another tackle is not going to tie you out too much. So, yeah, I, I think there is still some tweaking to do on that and um, I'm glad we've got scrums back. I think that has added a new dimension to the game. Well, not a new, an existing dimension <laughs> back to the game this year. Um, in fact, we had a, um, a scrum reset in the Leeds Castle game. I was expecting hookers to be sent off for foot up. Do we have a differential penalty recently as well? We do. Somewhere. We did. We had one in that game. That was um, and I just think the uh, I think that, that you're right. It it speeds the game up, but it's hard to understand sometimes why they're being given. Therefore, time to explain what a differential penalty is because everyone's forgotten because no one because they don't happen. But you know, scrums are back. Get, let's get rid of the six again now because. It served its I purpose. About, I don't know about getting rid of it, but I just think modify it to to make it more easily explainable as to what you're giving it for. Disappointing lack of yellow and red cards now. That now that we've gone back to normal and you know we, we, we've had our we've had our purge. Everyone's upset. We've got rid of it now. Everything's back to noise. Very disappointing. Um, of course, what's happening in the Challenge Cup this week is everyone now wants a, a Super League team in Cumbria. Well, you know, all it takes is for Barrow, which of course is not in Cumbria. And uh, Whitehaven and working the two get promoted. Because uh, we're up on to the Cumbrian Lakers. 
Uh, Carson says it could be better, but then Scurry comes back and he's sharp enough. Well, bit, bit harsh. Uh, Scurry, by the way, who... Oh, let's go into Leeds and Crisis. Um, before I get on, into the other... On Cumbria. Oh, it could be, yeah. yeah. Um, that was the magic of the cup. I think... Which, which wasn't very magical at Leeds or Warrington well, or, no, but, or but, in, but in a lot of respects, and you look again at the, at the draw... Um, it's just another Super League game in a different competition. Yes. The, the point of difference, um, which was acknowledged by the crowds who were at both uh, Whitehaven and Barrow, and the number of opposition fans that said they were so looking forward to going to Whitehaven and Barrow because they haven't been there for that long, um, and both put up really creditable performances, was the fact that you don't get that every week. You know, Whitehaven haven't been St Helens what since 1973. You want to be there. You want to be part of something. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it had that magic attached it, to it. I'm not sure that um, the rest of the ties have. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Warrington, but Warrington playing Wakefield at two weeks running, and that yes. has always happened in the cup. You tend to get these quirk of draws. Um, I, I get that, but if if you're now saying the likely winner is only ever come from twelve teams, but maybe realistically eight teams, then well, certainly 11 cost to, to lose aren't in it this year, then it, it's narrowing the, the point of difference. And we can already see with some of the teams that are left, perhaps the final you might not want in terms of just making it feel and look different. And that's what Cumbria had. That's what the, why, why does the local crowd want to go and see it? Because they don't get to see St yeah. Helens every week. So. Cast away your final, which one rugby league journalist who would not be named said they should play a badly. That's a bit harsh. And, a, and allow admission on the day, I yeah. think they said as well. Give the job to Ellery, says Gary Schofield, <laughs> pulling no punches. <laughs> Ellery is the man I'd choose, says Scoey, and I'd do everything possible to prize Danny Maguire from Hull Kingston Rovers and install him as joint assistant with Jamie Jones Buchanan. What a great combination that would be. Ellery, of course, has already been handed the reins of the Combined Nations All-Stars. I thought it was journeymen. This can't be. Do you know, this, this isn't his writing. Is, this, this can't be. This, this can't be his writing. like a, oh. a telephone conversation. This can't be his writing. Uh, for their test against England, it's not a test. It's not a test. Because no. uh, they would get a golden cap then. No. Uh, <laughs> against England at Whiten in June. That's only a short term post. Short term, as in one game. <laughs> uh, but it shows he's ready for a return to coaching. And boy, there you know it. Uh, would he bring a lot to the table at Headingley? Some people say he's too old and has been away from the scene for too long. I say rubbish. This, is, this does sound like a telephone conversation. Wayne Bennett will be 73 when he leads the Dolphins into the NRL next year, while John Keir is 67 and still working with Bradford and Wales. Ellery just turned 61, brackets a belated happy birthday to my old England and Great Britain teammate. Could have text that to him, Scully. Could text that. Save you a few words. And has a great knowledge of both the game and the club. Um, and then he goes through his CV. Coach Great Britain, St Helens and Doncaster. Has he mentioned that he was an assistant coach at Leeds under D Lawton? He's looking for D Lawton. <laughs> no, I didn't think he would. Uh, no. <laughs> so we Hanley anyway, next Leeds coach. Um, not going to happen. It's really, really interesting because we, we were having quite long and detailed conversations wait, waiting for the World Cup event to start with some of the respected journalists who were there about the comparisons between what's happening at Leeds and Warrington um, and was even hinted at by Lee Radford in his press conference even though Castleford won about change mm. and how you think merely changing the personnel is going to solve a problem but the issues appear to be particularly at, at Headingley and at the Halliwell Jones Stadium much more deep rooted than that and I don't know um, if just bringing Ellery in on a short-term basis would solve a deep-rooted cultural problem, which is what Jamie Jones for Buchanan very eloquently spent 20 minutes post-match telling the media about. Did he do his presser before Lee Radford? He did. Lee oh, came. Lee came in. Oh. And, no, Lee was eating pizza in the oh, in the sorry. in the dressing room, and they'd won, so he didn't bother. But Lee did come in and say. Uh, well, it has been a tradition over the years for the uh, customer coach to come in late. <laughs> so. Yeah, Lee Could just said. Has he used a lot of long words? <laughs> I'm only monosyllabic. Um, but I, I do think it, the issues run a lot deeper than changing players and changing coaches, which is limited anyway. The, the issue for Leeds, not Warrington, because they've just changed their coach, is do they go for the short-term fix? Not necessarily is Ellery the right man. You know, yeah. 
or do they go for whatever their long-term target is to fix whatever they perceive to be these issues and take more short-term pain for the longer-term gain? I, I don't know the answer. I think you need to spend at least a week inside a camp to know what the issues are that are being talked about, um, whether they're leadership issues, whether they're um, confidence issues... Uh, whether they're cultural issues, uh, uh, whatever that is defined <laughs> as, um, but I do I do think the, the the problem for Leeds and Warrington is they have to do it in a spotlight of expectation. Um, so I think at Huddersfield, to use that as a comparable example, I think um, they're getting to the point now where they've got the players and the and and the way of playing and the philosophy that they've wanted, but they've taken a year to get there and because that year was done out of the glare of the spotlight because yeah it had been great for them to finish in the playoffs but it wasn't an essential be all and end all then they've had the ability to make change over a period of time without the need for instant success as well um, so Ian Watson has had the canvas to bring about the change that you're now seeing is working Nobody in charge of Leeds, and certainly Daryl Powell and the expectation that he brought with him at Warrington, have got that luxury. It has to happen overnight. And the point that Lee Radford was making, even at Castleford, where I think there's a there's a, a realization of of where they are and what they can achieve in a rebuilding process. He said it's taken him a lot longer than he thought it would, after Daryl had been there for eight years, to get the message over as to what he wanted from the team. I think that's what they're all talking about at the moment and um, I, I don't know if a short-term appointment will solve that whether that's Ellery whether that's Wayne Bennett whether that's Eddie Jones whether it's Anthony Seabold whoever it might be um, and then you look at the longer-term picture and I think the other issue that um, affects both Leeds and Warrington is you can't solve the problem in the short term by signing somebody else because we're in a salary cap we're in an era when Existing players have taken significant pay cuts and we haven't built back the income at any club to start reversing that. Who is available? Um, you know, In which well are you fishing at the moment? You're not going to be able to get a, an NRL star on a short-term contract. Um, I think we were, we were talking in the car that arguably one of the worst Leeds teams I've ever seen was 1985-86 um, uh, going into a near relegation season when they only just avoided it on points difference um, when Oldham went down and the reaction to that was to go out and buy Gary Schofield and Lee Crooks to spend a world record on consecutive weeks and, and just say it's not going to happen again and they also accumulated people like the great David Stevenson who we lost last week and uh, and you could do that, you know. A, a football chairman could say, "What are we lacking? We're lacking a Ford and that Wormsley bloke. Bring him in. How, who played well against us this week? Oh, Westerman chap, sign him up." <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit more complex than I think we imagine looking from the outside in. And I'm not sure short term solves your problem. As was uh, pointed out when Wigan did the same in 2006, they broke the salary cap. They, they cheated and got away with it which Leeds can't do. Um, Gary says, uh, Gary the Viking, Leeds in meltdown from Gary the Viking. Cheers, Gary the Viking. Badger Badger, I missed the YouTube name, says, Isco taking Kev's role as director of rugby stroke, inspirational leader that they won't shut up about even after he's left. Aren't the cultural problems the same ones as Sinfield came in to fix a few years ago? So it's, all, it's all down to it. Brian McDermott built this thing based on great foundations and they haven't been able to replicate that because of many various things I, I think anybody who, who wants an insight into what culture is and I'm not sure I've known what it meant it's been bandied about very easily listen to Jamie Jones Buchanan's 40 minute pre-match uh, uh, preview of the Castleford game and listen to the full 20 minutes of his post-match and that will give you some idea of what is required and I'm, and I'm not sure it's fixable with a coat of paint hmm. nothing has changed from when we spoke about Leeds for 20 minutes last week than this Absolutely week, other than they've lost a game which many people expected them to lose and there wasn't I think the interesting thing perhaps is there wasn't the there wasn't the bounce yeah which is is it a thing or is it not a thing we don't know 
some would suggest there's not but the players did not react to Jamie Jones Buchanan any differently than they did no, to I, Richard Agar and again I think if, if you break the game down into different areas they started with an intensity that would have pleased him they conceded a very well constructed but defensively soft try and their heads went down and that's a, a that is a confidence thing you know Warrington were 12 nil up and lost 16-12 it, it, it's almost as if once things started to go against a team that has no confidence they realise why they've got no confidence there was a brief period for Leeds for 7 or 8 minutes at the start of the second half where they were never going to turn around a 28-0 deficit but they looked like they were going to contribute more to the game that confidence was up having been in a dressing room for 10 minutes and being told exactly what they needed to do they then threw a needless interception it's not like it came as a surprise that Greg Eden stands in the <laughs> defensive line of the attacking team and is so good at timing that and picking a ball off. He, he tried to do it twice earlier in the game. That effectively ended the contest. Um, and I think, again, when you don't have confidence, things like that massively affect you beyond your level of ability. Um, but listen to, to the press conferences and you get an insight as to how it's not a simplistic solve um, because if it was, Uncle Gary would have found it. We'll talk about Warrington in a minute, because I want to go back to the back of the paper, and I'm in the middle bit, to talk about the women's game for briefly, because uh, Challenge Cup, second lot of fixtures, apart from York, who've played all three of their games now. Uh, Warrington beat Barrow 36-16. So that's a bit closer than I thought that would be, actually, to be honest. Um, Leeds beat Hull, but didn't play because of the COVID. 48 nil is probably a good result for Hull. Um, Huddersfield beat Lee Miners Rangers 46-6 York 76-4 wins at Bradford Wigan 62-0 winners over Dewsbury Moor uh, St Helens beat the Army 88-0 um, and in Group 4 which is the group of excitement because it's all in the WF postcode area I think is Alton WF postcode it probably is it's close it's close enough isn't it uh, the home of the Hall of Fame uh, the Raidettes the Raidettes sounds better 40-0 uh, winners over Cass who were obviously you know, still trying to put together a team. That's a shock result, though, isn't mm. it? When a, oh, yeah. when, a, when a community-based team beats a Super League team. It's only the scoreline as well. I think the captain got Simbin in that as well for, for the Tigers. So they're having, they're having to rebuild again. But uh, I think the, the message for those who go, oh, what's happened at Cass? Well, there's two things, isn't there? One, they made three finals in the previous regime and didn't win any of them. Um, that seems to be a factor that's been forgotten. The players, all, the players left or a group of players left when their coach left and followed her to another club and what is also forgotten is that at this point last year York City Knights were not the York City Knights they are now so things change very quickly in the women's game I don't know how they change for the better at Castleford you can't say that those who are involved aren't trying but it's difficult it's difficult um, especially when you look at the results and you think well I was going to stop saying this Leeds have a week off. That's not great for Leeds either, is it? Because they don't get a, that game time on the field. And York will probably finish third. So who finishes fourth? I don't know. Um, wait, if you lost, 32-0 to Feb. Yeah, we had chances. Um, we're better than they were, were last year. Brogan Churn, she's the player to keep an eye on. She's not in the England squad. Where's number 10, captain of Feb? Oh, she's taken over from Andrew Dobson. I mean, there's big boots to fill. Where's 10? Started at 13. I think she played a bit of standoff in the game as well. Scored two tries. Big, powerful, handles the ball well. Not in the England squad, but... We know who is now. Yeah. Big story. Courtney Winfield-Hill. Um, her wife knows how to win a World Cup. Um, can she help England win the World Cup? Well, we're not going to win the World Cup. But it, just pretend. Fascinating move. A, good. Should be in the squad. Um, probably the best halfback in the competition. Great leader. Um, but here's the negatives one she's Australian well, <laughs> throw that in because you know Scoy's not here if it, imagine if he was here yeah. what would he say uh, B to 35 which is an interesting I mean she, it's not like she's been playing rugby league for 20 years she had to you know play cricket and everything mm, at a very high level um, but it's an interesting departure from what appeared to be youth based Thing. Yeah, and and again, I think the because all of the sides train together and want to have a common philosophy, not something I think that Sean Wayne would do in the men's game. So that that is a bit of a departure, but it's a key role in a key position. Mm -hmm. 
it'll be competition for places in training it'll give the spine a different look if that's what Paul Anderson wants to go with experience in tight games of how to win them so it c- can only be a good thing um, and, and not the only um, new name in the no, in the squad either a, a goalkeeper a former Arsenal was it Chelsea goalkeeper but again you know the first player from the, the Southern Women's um, Super League competition from Bedford Tigers um, and, and again Caroline Colley there you go again I think that just shows that the women are looking to spread that pool of talent and and we shouldn't be too I, I don't think we should be too concerned about the disparity in scores I think uh, again you mentioned it that there's there's been a Premier Women's game that I'm ended 9-0 um which hasn't detracted people from going out and buying tickets for the for the women's euro right. so uh, you you have to play against better players to get better in any sport but the fact that they are now with with Charlotte is a role model of somebody in the south who who doesn't initially come from a rugby league background i think that that throws a great message to to any women playing the game at the moment. Caroline Colley is a former Caroline. Arsenal and Chelsea ladies goalkeeper and has also played rugby union and represented Scotland at seven. So hang on, she ain't got on the squad. She's, we've got a Scott and an Aussie. Oh, oh, what are we doing? What's going on? Uh, so there's now 32 people, uh, women in the... There's 32 women in the England women's squad. Yeah, well, it's a post-training anyway. Yeah, so that's that's good. Um, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. What, oh, they'll be playing against uh, France, are they? On the 18th of June. Which is a Saturday uh, at Warrington. I don't want to go to Warrington on Saturday. We did that once. We don't want to go back. Um, and the World Cup campaign begins against Brazil at Henley Stadium on Tuesday, the first of November, which is going to be the biggest crown in the history of women's rugby league in this country. A and a double, a double header with Papua New Guinea and Canada women. Which also reminds me, by the way, said the fixtures this week in the women's. Oh, fucking paper on again. The fixtures this week in the uh, Women's Challenge Cup, which excitingly there's a double header at uh, the home of Rugby League, which is the Be Well Support Stadium. Because uh, Wakefield played Alton at uh, 5.30 after the men have played Salford. I'm breaking the fences here. Um, group 1 Barrow versus the Army, Warrington versus Saints, uh, Hull versus Huddersfield, hopefully, Le- Leeds versus Lee, Dewsbury versus Bradford in Group 3. So it's a local derby. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fev Caskets off at two, it says here, but he doesn't because it kicks off at 12 because the uh, men of Featherstone play the uh, men of Sheffield at three o'clock. So it'd be a bit of a bugger getting two games going on at once, unless they've come up with some hybrid thing. Um, so that'd be very exciting. We might have another guest on later this week, so that's good. Um, is there any other news before we deep dive into Warrington next? And just um, say Warrington in crisis. There probably is, but I don't know. If, if there's any news... Brad Dwyer's got a ban. Yeah, Tommy Lulai's got a ban. Everyone else has got away with it. It's all new. Do check out one of the uh, programmes I posted earlier from 1987 when Halifax made it to the Challenge Cup final and uh, Dave Doxey had to talk, answer questions about the disciplinary and refereeing standards. We didn't even have Plou, video refs then. Plus change. If only. Uh, so Warrington are in crisis because... For two weeks in a row, they've lost to lowly Wakefield. At home. At home. We know Wakefield, rubbish, don't spend the salary cap. No no good. Um, against Warrington. I mean, it says here, um, who is it on the, on the YouTube comments? Wonky Donkey TV. Great name. Oh, no, he's, he's talking about Fev. I'll come show us in a bit. Gary the Viking. The problem at Warrington, there are too many egos and Willoughby's well overrated. So there you go. Too many egos. Not enough forwards. I think the um, the danger with focusing overly on Warrington is that the other side of that culture argument is what Willie Poaching is starting to achieve at Wakefield. And I think it really helped giving him, was it seven games at the end of yeah. last year? Um, seven games where he knew results weren't going to be um, as important as, as getting over the ethos and philosophy and style of play, taking that into the pre-season adding Francis Cummins to his staff who knows exactly the way he wants to play because they've coached together before, getting a group of players together and saying this is who we are, this is our identity, if it's not for you not a problem, we either won't be renewing your contract or 
Um, you probably won't be making too many first team appearances. Bringing in a couple of young players who are from the area, who get what it's all about. I think little things like that become cumulative. And I think the amazing thing for, from a Wakefield perspective is there aren't too many Wakefield teams in recent years who would have gone 12-0 down at Warrington who were, had a point to prove after the defeat the week before, who would have had the wherewithal to stick in there and turn that around. And also play in a... Defensively, you have to be good. That's that's mm. a given to, to do that. But to then also be allowed to play in a kind of way that... Um, you know, you can exploit that lack of confidence of your opposition. And the, the try that Corey Hall scored sums that up straight from having scored once to put a move like that together to score again. Um, how, how many teams do you see don't complete the set after they've scored? Well, it's almost as if they grew an extra pair of legs with, with that. And Max Jowett probably is a great example of a player who has been underused and undervalued by previous coaches who's been given the number one shirt been invested in this is how we want you to play obviously free of injury but also is a is a key component when he comes back it makes a difference because he gets what they're trying to achieve uh, and it suits him uh, and and he was absolutely you know germane to that try that, that Hall scored so yeah I think what Wakefield are showing what Leeds and Warrington need to aspire to almost in a sense um, not quite in the same way that Salford were inspired by Jackson Hastings I, I, I wouldn't say Mason Lina is the same as Jackson Hastings in that way because I think it's more spread throughout the Wakefield squad but in that kind of Salford getting to the Challenge Cup final getting to a grand final in successive seasons I mean well, that happened I, I don't know what I'd do just have to give up because it can't get any better than that but uh, there is that in, there is that route now for teams who aren't the the big ones and you're relying on the bigger clubs to be weak at a point in the way that Leicester won the Premier League when everyone else fell apart not to take anything away from their achievement but you know maybe Wakefield could get to the Challenge Cup final maybe Castleford could again this year now they've knocked out Leeds maybe Huddersfield who I tipped to win the Cup last week uh, each way because I thought no oh, they've got a you know, trip to Barrow but they'll win that and you know, they did but maybe Huddersfield could get back there the nightmare for the RFL as we as all these little clubs but it is because it's the perfect year they're, they're, at, they're at White Hart Lane they've got 20,000 less tickets to sell they've got the 1895 Cup where um, again you, you look at the the clubs that are left in that are championship clubs that will take fans mm. so no I I, um, I I think that there is an issue about doing things in the glare of publicity that Wakefield don't have that Huddersfield haven't had and Leeds and Warrington haven't come to terms with um, That that's not an excuse it's a it's a desperate attempt to try and find an explanation um, because it's a lot more complicated than we think it is but I do think that um, having a having a coach whose message is, is clear and a philosophy that is easily understandable is halfway there. Daryl Powell is dealing with people who have played under a different philosophy for four years, where it's been defence orientated. Daryl, when he came in, was tasked with, oh yeah, you got to win, but you got to entertain as well, like <laughs> Castleford did. Uh, it's taking a lot longer, and it's proving to be much much harder for them than I think they'd realised. But but he's also now talking in exactly the same way that Jamie Jones Buchanan is about, you know talking about attitude and, uh, and and what it means to to play for that shirt and that's really interesting because I don't think we've heard stuff like that before what is the answer, answer for Warrington we don't know the interesting thing is and, and it's, it's not an elephant in the room because everyone talks about, oh the attendances are rubbish it's the cup but the cup attendances are rubbish everywhere uh, whether it's football or, or uh, rugby league or do they have a cup in rugby union I don't know um but I mean, what what is striking is Sheffield play up the road at Featherstone and get a thousand and thirty nine, and I'm sure many of those were from Hull. I'm not going to pretend that everyone from Sheffield pitched up at that one, but that's just under half of what Warrington got at home. And then, grant, yes, it's the same game as last week. Yes, they've lost, but that's that's a bit of a damning diamond on Warrington that you only get two thousand six hundred and twenty seven. And again, I'm, I'm not sure there were millions travelling from Wakefield for this. That is 
that's not that's not good. Your man's going to have to do some amazing marketing for the next home game. It, it, it's a concern because of the way that they're playing, but it also tells you that we have this season ticket culture, that when fans are asked to pay extra and the game that they're going to see is not dissimilar to the one that they've got included in their season ticket, and it's on telly, and you might have had to subscribe to get it, then there isn't an incentive to be in the ground. As, in, as seen at, at Leeds, where there were only just over 5,000, which again is, you know, comparatively... Uh, an ex- it's not comparati- comparatively that low for a Challenge Cup tie at Headingley. It's low compared to what they get for Super League games. Um, Northern Coins says, we'll be interested to see who uh, the Wire bring for next season, who they let go, whether in or out of contract. And an interesting thing with Warrington is the... You look at some of the signings over the last few years, and the, the obvious one is Greg Inglis, who they made a big song and dance about getting out of retirement, and was a complete bust, and, yeah. and was always likely to be a big bust because he'd retired because of injuries in the NRL. More of a marketing ploy. I think, um, again, there's no coincidence that Daryl bought Oliver Holmes and Peter Matauti with him from Castleford because arguably the best back and the best forward that Cass have had over the last couple of years know how he plays know what he wants they'll be the foundations on which the message will be trying to go over to those who don't play the Daryl Powell way um, so I think he'll be really important um, be very interesting to see how long it takes and, and I suspect it, it's a lot bigger and longer job than they'd anticipated Um but who can you go out and sign? You're not going to get a top rugby union player. You're not going to get an NRL star. Um, who is in the championship that a Super League team could go out and sign today that would be able to compete on a week-to-week basis? They're not there. What's the amateur game like in Warrington? And how long will it take for a Warrington junior to come through the academy and the reserve and the first team ranks? What, there is not a quick fix. Um, but if you've got halfbacks that historically have played a certain way and you're asking them to play a different way, which seems to be the case at both Leeds and Warrington, it is having a material effect. Daryl's more concerned, I think JJB will be at the moment, about them just leaking too many points. Mm. That's nothing to do with your attack. Well, we've got to see who we think the next Leeds boss will be. Do you think they need to go away from appointing a Leeds idol? I mean, I personally do, because I think you go down the route of trying to catch lightning in a bottle which you've lost but we don't know the who, thing is who's who, out there who is out there <laughs> well, that's what I used to say about Chris Chester wasn't absolutely. it absolutely right well, Chester out right fair enough but who's going to replace him because mm-hmm. there's no one there and it turns out it's the bloke who sat behind him but the bloke who sat behind him I mean we're not going to judge Jamie James Buchanan on one game but he's not got any professional coaching experience and he and he, he you know he's recently out of playing recently enough that that transition out of playing was was a relatively difficult one he's i mean he said even though the, the disappointment of saturday will haunt him as it would if you know the nine-year-old jamie had come off the terraces and he'd watched that um he does feel reinvigorated now whether that is enough i'm not sure um but it is who who is available, who is on the market. Lots of talk of Tony Smith out of contract at uh, Hulk Hour at the end of the season. Danny Maguire's his assistant. You're going back to that link with the golden generation. Are they? Do they want to come? Badger yeah. Badger's pulled me up and says, uh, "What a, that rules out Sean Wayne then." And Ellery Hanley. Yeah. And Gary Schofield. Yeah. I, I don't know it, it's the right person for the job and I, I genuinely don't know who is available at the moment it's not often that a coach leaves so early in the season and that's exactly the issue Leeds had with David Ferner who at the time everybody seemed to say it's a good appointment his, his CV backs it up he understands the club and its values because he played there and he won the grand final there it didn't work um, so I think they're going to be wary of who they appoint uh, but it'll be interesting because after this week's round of games, you wouldn't expect Leeds to beat St Helens. Somebody's going to win between Castleford and Toulouse. Depending on those margins of matches, Leeds could be bottom of the table. Next week it could be Forty uh, Twenty TV. Leeds still in crisis. Or Forty Twenty TV. JJB's coaching saviour of the world. Um, so apparently, there's a rumour that the someone played the ineligible players in the 
Chinese company might have to be redrawn. That room was always around, but it'd probably be hilarious if it was. Um, uh, what about the guy from Aussie who was the Featherson manager? To which Badger Badger replies, James Webster. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Carr. Ryan Carr. Ryan Carr the other one. I mean, again, highly thought of by the Leeds management for the job that he did at Featherstone, which also doubled as an assistant at Leeds. So, yeah, knows the systems, knows the, a lot of the players. Um, I'm not sure he'd get a work permit. Adam Cuthbertson. He's got coaching experience. He knows the Leeds club. There you go. There's another one. Um, Lois. Should do both jobs. She had a week off this week. Saw him first hand on the tally. Danica, let's give her another job. Fair enough. Brian Noble hasn't been linked, and he always Brian is. Brian Noble, um, Robbie Hunter, Paul, Tanya, JB Peacock, John Wilkin, John Wilkin, Mark Chapman, next Leeds coach. I don't know it, who is available, and do you go for a short term fix or do you do you pl- succession plan? Spoil sports, says Badger Badger. James Webster, preparing for the middle eight. His legacy at Wakefield. Brian Smith. Very aerodynamic man, James Webster. But son of um, Ron Smith. Sort of mentioned him last week. Yeah, he? but again, coaching at a you know yeah. New South Wales Cup level, and and we, you know, I don't know if whether that that's the qualifications you need to coach in Super League with a club that is under massive spotlight and under pressure to get results. It it takes a who. Talking about this at Headingley on um, on Saturday, I remember Malcolm Reilly coming in to coach Leeds. There was absolutely no question that Malcolm Reilly was the best coach at the time. He only lasted about 14 months, not because he couldn't coach. The team was getting better under him, um, and he had a great collection of players around him. He didn't like the other side of being in the glare of the spotlight. Every single day, he got a phone call from the Yorkshire Evening Post, <laughs> 7 o'clock in the morning, what's your story? I haven't got a story. No, the, you have to have a story. I need to fill the back page with a story. Well, then uh, just it, ring the scoey off that. There is a pressure. Yeah, he was probably off with his ear infection. Um, talking about his mate Ellery. Uh, but the, 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 you know, it's not just going on a field in a tracksuit, coaching a team. That you can see from social media, even at half time in games, there is a huge pressure put upon both Leeds and Warrington as to what is expected so it takes a certain type of character and I genuinely don't know who could do the job keep listening to names in the chat I know you're enjoying it so yes in Harris the latest name uh, anyone else who used to play for Leeds so you got up and in um, what about Willie Poaching Willie Poaching you can't have him <laughs> Poaching Willie Poaching yeah, can't have him um, Dal Powell getting back send Richard A go back to Warrington it's all uh, it's all cyclic. It's like football. Everyone just gets the same job over and over again. Brian McDermott. Oh, no. Probably not. What did he say at that? About when he saw Gary Hedrington after he'd been sacked at Leeds? Can't say what he said. No. But it was very funny. Water um, under the bridge. Yeah. Probably. Oh, well done Halifax winning a pair of games in the wheelchair Super League this week. They didn't win both games, didn't they? They did. They beat Leeds on Saturday. Leeds they beat Wigan. Wigan on Sunday. So last year's grand finalist. Yes. Yes. And though, that was their first two games of the season because they'd had a delayed start and that puts them right up there as being contenders for the, the big wheelchair prizes. Great to see a couple of uh, French internationals playing for them this week as well. Sacre bleu. Um, speaking of uh, French internationals... Let's donkey. speak of French internationals. Fev, strengthening the squad again. If promotion doesn't happen this year, I'll give up hope that it ever happens. So I'll just change the system for you. Great signing, but where's he going to play? Or... You know, if he slots in at fullback, which you you would think is his specialist position, what happens to um, you know the, the the balance of the team? Because uh, the one thing Brian McDermott will want is a settled side. Mm. Clearly, an absolute entertainer. Um, great to see him back in the game. We don't we don't want anybody forced out of the game who's got a, a talent like Mark Carella has. Um, yeah, it does strengthen their promotion. I, 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 absolutely, I knew, I, knew some, I knew there was some news I'd forgotten. Um, well, I mean, Lisa, I know you keep nicking plays from Fev. I, 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 you, yeah, you, you are, you are Gary Hellington. I keep forgetting this. Keep nicking players from uh, Featherston to play in the reserves. Just put him in the first and, team. And York, put him in the first team. Where's Luke Briscoe coming back? He must must be due back at Leeds. Joey Leilua, four hundred. Short of censored. Yeah, Joey Leilua. Good enough to play in Super. Uh, see, Wonky Donkey said Wayne Bennett as well. Um, Danny Ward. 
So again, Anthony Seabold, all names that have been mentioned. Shane Flanagan's another name that's been mentioned. Comes with history. Speaking of uh, history, Blake Ferguson. What a, what a great signing. Comes with history. Yeah. Yeah. RFL, yeah. do your thing. And um, put some conditions in for the granting of a visa. Well, as Badger Badger said, regards to Mark Carell, Lee to announce Blake Ferguson in retaliation. <laughs> it's like fighting fire with fire. It is. It on is. many levels. Uh, that is the news. Now here are some results from rugby. We don't really need to talk more about Leeds versus Cass. Although the Cass were really good, which I think has not been lost in the uh, the shuffle with everything. No, I think what, what they at half time, you know, what they had in what, midfield in Weston and <coughs> Watts when he came on, Truman Evelds, who I thought was the man of the match because every time he he touched the ball, it was decisive. Mm. Um, and Greg Eden, who's having, you know, arguably some of the best and most consistent form of his career, uh, Leeds just couldn't handle that. But that is massive credit to to Castleford, to yeah, to those creative players together are very very hard to handle. But they've got to do it every week. Well, that's it. They've got to do it against Toulouse this week, haven't they? Because it's all right winning in the cup, but they still only have one win in Super League, as do Toulouse, as do Leeds. So. But no, they were week. they were great. They they were fully worthy of their victory. They've got they, I mean, again, Lee Radford pointed to their display against Wigan the week before as being the base for it. That even though that game was lost, he felt that he'd seen things in that match in terms of competitive spirit that he hadn't seen in the previous games. And again, if you go back and look at Lee Radford's comments post match up to that Wigan game, he he was pretty scathing and critical of you know some of the effort and attitude of his players. But you can turn it around. They're now discussing in the chat Blake Ferguson going to Warrington. Badger Badger says he might go to the big Tesco. We might go to the big Tesco at Barrow, which was behind the goals. Yes, they got a great free Massive Tesco there at uh, Barrow as they took on Huddersfield. And Huddersfield won 30 points to 16, which I thought they might have jinxed the Giants at one point, having tipped them to win the Cup. Because Barrow, they, uh, they had plenty of fight in them. And it was an entertaining game. The great thing, apart from the reward of... Uh, the work that they've done in their community which we spoke about briefly last week and they've now seen that in a, the number of people that turned up to watch the game was you, you're you seeing people like T. Ritson um, who wouldn't normally get that exposure and, and National Telly are talking about this yeah. guy with the blonde hair and the slightly strange name who, who I think comes from Thailand originally uh, but with a Barrow accent and you're going, that's, we want to sell characters. We've got characters we wouldn't... Jermaine McGilvery was magnificent because clearly 10-odd years ago he had a loan spell at Barrow and he spoke so beautifully about how much that time meant to him and it was great to see the people again. And, and all of that is what the Cup is about. And yeah, they did push Huddersfield all the way. But a full-time team with, a, with, a, with a, you know that extra physicality will almost always be a part-time team. This is the interesting thing about the World Cup, going back to that, because everything jumps around, was one of the things they talked about in terms of marketing was marketing the stories behind mm. players and such. And, it, and you'll hear this on the interview with, with John Dutton if you listen to the podcast or watch it later, is it's not as if we're having to just market the women or the wheelchair players, because no one knows who the men are either. Mm. <laughs> we're not talking about 30 years ago where people know who people are. More people probably know who T. Ritson is now than... Say a Max Jowett just to throw that name out of him because T Richmond on the BBC and Max Jowett's on Premier or whatever. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens and who is promoted and how we get these stories over to people. But Huddersfield are the three and they'll play Hull in the next round. In a game that was played, oh, I mean, that's one. <laughs> as they beat Sheffield 58 12. And again, not seeing it, but that's the result and a scoreline you would expect between Hull FC and Sheffield Eagles. So it is what it is. Um, Catalan Dragons, they beat Featherston 27-14. Maybe Featherston picked up Carrillo on the way back, I don't know. Featherston, superb in the first mm. half. Just couldn't quite, again, keep that level up. But um, for those uh, Fed fans who went over there, I, I suspect they had a wonderful time. And for a little while, dreamt that they were going to turn over the Dragons. But you know, the great the great game in the next round now is, is Catalan St Helens. Uh, can't wait for that. Yeah, they'll be Whitehaven. Like it to be four. on Saturday at three o'clock if it hasn't been announced well, yet. There you go. Four six, four for St Helens at Whitehaven, which again has gone exactly as it you'd expect. But, but again, they held them for twenty minutes though. And had the chance to kick a penalty and go two nil ahead, which, you know, again 
I think I would have taken if I'd have been in that position just to say at one point we were ahead and give you fans but full credit to them for yeah. running the ball 30 years since Wigan beat Bradford 71-10 in the semi-finals where did Rock Gore come from I forgot that um, so yeah since at Catalans Hull KR beat Lee 24-18 that sounds like it was a, a, a lot tougher game for Hull KR than yeah, it should have been I think Hull especially being 18-2 up 24-2 up for large periods of the second half and Lee scored a couple of late tries to to get reward for their effort but Hull KR cast now yeah Roger Millward Derby um, are they still playing for that terrible trophy that they had the number 6 I hope oh, that was a terrible trophy that, did that go to extra time last year in the cup Cats had loads of uh, yes, extra time. Wasn't, wasn't it a 19 minute golden Something point? Like that wasn't extra time. Um, and uh, Wigan beat Salford 20 0 in a game that no one was interested in. But 6,000 people turned up for Which apparently one. was commendable for Wigan's defensive resolve, but not all else. Um, I'm told, by the way, by someone today that they are sick of old men talking about rugby league. So uh, if you're watching Gemma, thanks for, thanks for watching. Uh, in the championship um, she said to you what every game she puts on it's old men talking about rugby league so it's not my fault I don't, I don't, put the I don't think you class is up no I'm past 40 now I mean the coaches are younger the refs well, the refs are all that younger Rob Hicks is, it, when, when are you retiring <laughs> thought part time he's on the telly every week I know he's only touch judging this only touch judging but still he was there <coughs> um Championship round four. Oh, see, round four is played after round six. Uh, it was delayed. Yes. Of coat. Uh, no, uh, was it, was it Storm? It was, yeah, the Storm. Over. Which you remember, remember those storms coming back like this week? Yeah, Halifax beat Workington forty-two six at Workington. No crowd given. Twenty-four 0 up at half time. Job done. Comprehensive. League one is back. Back, back, back. Um, Even though Mister Mascord is questioning whether it yeah. should be ban League one. So Steve May didn't say ban. Uh, maybe we could break away from the run rebel competition where you can hit people in the head and stuff for all the people who've walked, walked away from rugby league. I mean, this is a bad week to do that when you know, no one turned up for the Challenge Cup, but it is what it is. Um, John Keir isn't old, says Badger Badger. Scoey said it in the paper. There you go, you see. So, Gemma Carter, you're wrong. Scoey's proved you wrong. She won't be listening. Uh, or watching Doncaster 48 Midlands 20 so Midlands in their first game lost but they did lead early on in that one they and, did. and what I noticed on the kit they've got a little bear thing in the bottom oh. corner which is nice isn't it? and Doncaster will be one of the favourites for promotion so that not not a game I think they would have earmarked to start off with with a victory very interesting to see how they go at Cornwall next week uh, they've got their, uh, they've, they've got Swinton this week at home oh, and North and Wales where Cornwall are travelling this week sorry so right. Cornwall's first home game is Midlands but not yet um, London scholars 10 Hunslet 28 London were 10-4 up at half time and then Hunslet won 287 people were there and Steve Mascot wants to take your rugby league away and he's one of them I know we're only joking Steve I think does he listen I can't remember I said he we're trying to get him back on again when's he launched his book in Leeds he's uh, in middle, Paris middle of the year Middle of the year, right. So when summer bash, maybe? No, I think he's coming to a Leeds game and he's going to do it. Uh, we'll get him back on. here. Oh, here. Very, oh, the, very, oh, well, there you go. Very we'll, get we'll, get, we'll get back on again. We like Steve. Um, Oldham six, Keasley thirty-two. Gonna have someone you can hit with a stick who will take it. That's the thing. I think that's a bit of a blow for Oldham mm. because again they would have expected to have been more competitive. Um, some, some, you know, some good noises coming out of the club after their. Challenge Cup exit, but you you know, yeah, a bit of pressure for um, for next week. They, they need to right that wrong. Hunslet Oldham, big game on mm -hmm. Sunday. You know, if I wasn't going to Wakefield, I'd go to that. I think. It's, yeah, great. It's, it's a good game. Um, what well, seems like a good game because uh, I haven't seen it. Obviously, Rochdale thirty-four, North Wales thirty-six. Any time a game is close, you think that must have been good, and it was eighteen twelve at half time to the Crusaders. So, obviously that. Must have been a very close game. It must have been very exciting. So, I think that's a big win for the Crusaders. Have, um, have Cornwall got enough players yet? Says Badger Badger. I think keep signing them. But yeah, big win for the Crusaders. You should say because they are one of the teams expected to challenge, mm -hmm. and they've beaten one of the rivals that they would expect to uh, to be up there with them. And surprisingly, top of the league, Swinton, because they beat West Wales. Get Mister Keller eight to two four. West Wales team sheet that they put out on Twitter, and I know. 
they probably have no one doing these things but they put it first name and then an initial for the surname no 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 don't do that don't do that we don't know any of the players are I'm whispering you can't hear me but good luck to Ash Bateman but looks like again he's inherited a difficult task this week on telly Thursday Wigan versus Hull 8 o'clock on Sky Friday night it's Leeds versus St Helens 8 o'clock on Sky and Lee Jusby's on the hourly gap you can pay a fiver for it at 8 o'clock at the same time seems, I think it's on our league seems self-defeating I think it's on our league some, some check that um, also on Friday night Castleford versus Toulouse it's 70s night at Castleford how can you tell the difference haha um, Huddersfield versus Catalans Hull KR versus Warrington in the Tony Smith derby Saturday North Wales versus Cornwall at 5.30 West Wales That'd versus Rochdale all of Cornwall's oh yeah they are aren't they oh so I can watch that that's good because there's, uh, there's no other games on. Sunday, it's inclusion round at the home of Rugby League. We'll wait for the take on Salford. And then the women play Alton in, in a must-win game. The winners of that game will be in the next round of the Cup. And uh, unless Castleford beat Featherston. No, no. if we draw it, we're both in. So it's a must-win game. <laughs> if we draw, we're both in. Yeah. So it's must-win. Yeah. So it's must-draw. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no, if we draw... Oh, hang on. No, if we draw, Alton are probably through... Point. I don't know. I, it won't be a draw. No, it won't be. Uh, it's a championship. Barrow versus Batley. Fed versus Sheffield. That'll be a great game. Yeah. So Barrow will be uh, obviously buoyant. bruised, buoyant. but buoyant. And Batley, um, you know, a, yet again, Craig Lingard is doing a fantastic job. Happens to be a columnist. <laughs> Featherston versus Sheffield. Mark Aston Derby. Uh, will Mark Carell play? We don't know. Halifax versus Whitehaven. London versus Bradford again. Haven't they just played each other? Yeah. <laughs> Workington versus York City Knights. Uh, why, did they, why did they kick off at two at Workington? Is it a light thing? Is it? Well, the clocks have gone forward. Yeah. So is it a is it a misprint? Did the shipyards close? At, I don't know what the industry is because obviously, Castle kick off at half past three when the pits close. But Wakefield gave up on that issue. Well, who cares to kick off at quarter past three? Hmm. It doesn't happen anymore. Workington's when the trawlers came. Yeah, not the P and R ferries though. Workington fans, tell us what's happening. Uh, Hunter Older in League One, that'll be good. Get yourself down to the uh, the John Charles Mega Arena. Keithley versus Doncaster, also that'd be a big important game. game. And Midlands, first home game at their new home, taking on the league leading Swinton Lions with beer tents. With beer tents, get down there. They're going to knock down the main stand at Bellevue in June. I don't know where we're going to say it. Media. Well, the weather will be so nice. We'll just get in that. Get, get in on those uh, where Sky sit. I think that they might do what Leeds did with their redevelopment: that keep the bottom bit and build over the top yeah. of it. And then you'll be all right. I'm going to sit in the press room on Sunday anyway. I think if I'm allowed in. And Monday on the telly, it's Newcastle versus Witness. So I'm sure Newcastle doing some exciting marketing to get a crowd in when they played Bradford a few years ago. I know it's on a Friday, but they've got loads of kids in there. So that'd be good. And. Uh, I think that's it. I think, I think that's all the news. Um, Hall abroad, aboard. It says. Wakefield going to win the cup. He doesn't say. Dreadnoughts is coming. The Dreadnoughts is coming, not the trim. No, no, no. Um, Matt Pete wants Wigan to win the Challenge Cup. Headline there. And uh, that's it. Is it Jai or Jay? Do we know? We, cause on Sky the other week they call him Jayfield and Jayfield and I don't know whether it's Jai or Jay at Wakefield because we've got a Whitbread but we don't know. This programme's fizzling out. We're trying to see if there's any other exciting team. Trying, or or got a, somebody's got a birthday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ellery had his birthday last week. Yeah. Surely Scoy must have uh, sent him a... He sent him a card. You'd have thought so. Always loved you. Yeah. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> oh look at that oh look at Wakefield stand oh everyone's slagging it off go away <laughs> oh it's exciting to get a new stand in Wakefield for the first time since we built those flats I mean at least we'll pay for this one so that's a that's a positive um, thank you for watching viewers and interacting I mean you know what this has worked so we may well just do this again just, just, turn, <laughs> just turn up at some point turn up on a Monday go afternoon. live yeah, we, we just happened to be together and thought it was a good yeah. idea So because uh, we'd so enjoyed <laughs> the World Cup event Badger Badger says it's the nice Jay 
Or Joey. How do you know? You just put Joey. <laughs> Thanks, Badger Badger. This is why we don't do this programme live, because people, you know, chip us up. But, you know, we'll be back at some point in the future. Possibly with a special guest later this week, then, if they want to speak to us. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, John Dutton follows this. If you're watching, I'll edit the video and put it up later. So that's excitement for you. But we're all excited for the World Cup. We're all excited for the return of Super League and the Championship and League One this week. And uh, we're all excited for next week's programme, which, of course, will be the Leeds of Beatness and Helens, Jamie Jones Buchanan, has been be knighted. It's the Messiah. Sir Jamie Jones Buchanan. Or, Lord, Lord we'll all still be speculating who is available. It's still Wayne Bennett. I'm, I'm going to keep telling you this until the end. So, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Two hundred days to go, John. How excited are you for the World Cup getting underway? Uh, very excited. Uh, Two hundred days to go for the second time, uh, of course. Uh, but this feels different. It really does feel different, and it feels like the start of the lead-in uh, to delivering what's going to be a seminal moment for us and international rugby league. Obviously, plenty of challenges you didn't expect at the start of the tournament. It feels like a long time ago since you had the initial launch, the cockerel on top of the World Cup. It is. <laughs> Could you imagine anything like what you've had to go through in the last so many years? No, I mean, for me personally, from um, November 2015, um, the blank sheet of paper, all the way through to the end will be seven years, uh, which is an extraordinary uh, period of time. So um, we didn't plan for postponement. Um, it hurt. It hurt a lot. Uh, but we, we're, we're a long way over that. Um, we spent the last few months rebuilding um, and, yeah, creating excitement, raising awareness, creating excitement and... We've got a big tournament, haven't we? We've got 61 games, so uh, there is no shortage of international rugby league. It always feels like when we speak to coaches week in, week out, asking about changing your squad, you've had to change part of your, your backroom team, yeah, so we to have. speak. Yeah. How difficult has that been in terms of having to get the right people in the, the right positions and having to replace some good people? Yeah, it's re- really hard. We lost about 60% of the team uh, through postponement for lots of different reasons. Some had visas to go back home, some were moving on to other jobs, um, and there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, obviously, we have a start, have a middle, and have an end, uh, but we've replaced those people with really talented uh, individuals. We've changed the organisation slightly um, and pivoted our focus from a marketing perspective. Um, so, yeah, look, we... Uh, it's no good feeling sorry for yourselves. You just got to get on with it and uh, and make the best you can. And actually, I think when we all reflect, postponement will be a force for the good. When we look ahead to the tournament coming up, then ticket sales going well. How important is it not just to you know rugby league people know what's going on, but how? difficult is it to get the message out there to people outside of the rugby league bubble that this is coming and they should buy tickets to come and see it yeah I think we did a really good job when we launched the ballot the sports first ballot uh, and we know that we over indexed on people who were not on our database and our database is quite significant um, and it's just about you now creating that excitement so I think the Emirates offer at Arsenal does that I think the Copper Box does that and I think some of our marquee games like Newcastle the opportunity to watch the men's and women's final um, when I talk to my peers running the Commonwealth Games running the women's football Euros and much wider uh, you know, people. People, uh, I think, look at us um, with great interest, um, and we, I think we're doing something different that hasn't been done before. So the three tournaments together. So the, the rugby league community making sure that uh, we serve them the right offer at the right time, and then that event going community to come and enjoy the tournament. And you're coming after, as you mentioned, two big events. In the Absolutely. They've just opened the ticket balance up for the women's Euros yeah. today because yeah. <laughs> yeah. me and my friend have bought tickets to go to watch yeah. the game at Bramall Lane. But how important is it that it comes after those events where people might be thinking, oh, I've missed out on those, I don't want to miss yeah. out on the next big events? I, I think we're in position A1. Uh, I've got my uh, tickets for the Lee Sports Village for the women's uh, Euros. So we've got women's Euros, Commonwealth Games, uh, our event, all on the BBC. Uh, none of them London centric so we've got a big footprint in London um, the Women's Euros play the final at Wembley but they're out in towns and cities and we're very proud of being out in the north of England so I, I think we um, we are in the perfect position to capitalise on those moments and that sort of summer leading into autumn of sport What did, have you learned from the tournament in 2013 that you've been able to change and improve going into this um, I think probably relevant to ticket sales is momentum, making sure we start off really strongly, uh, and that's why we're putting a lot of focus and energy into Newcastle and Leeds onto day one. Uh, I think also understanding the audience. We, we always thought 2013 would be slightly late sale, particularly in the rugby community. Um, not, none of that has changed, and we've done a lot of research. Um, and just being confident and, and being optimistic and positive. We are going to welcome the world's best rugby league talent across 
three different tournaments. There's a lot to like about that. You've mentioned that uh, ticket sales are going very well for the opening game of the women's tournament at Headingley. Yeah. Biggest crowd there's ever going to be to watch a standalone game yeah. in this country. The wheelchair games in Sheffield as well. Yeah. It must be pleasing because I guess a lot of the tension for the media from outside is going to be on the men's competition. But you've got three World Cups to sell. We have, and, and we never talk about any of them individually. Um, the women's um, gaming room, Brazil, part of the doubleheader. Um, we'd love to sell that game out. What a statement that would be for uh, women's rugby league. Um, and the wheelchair games, um, England Australia at the Copper Box, what a great start. But having uh, EIS in Sheffield uh, pretty much with not a seat uh, available um, and to celebrate the athletes that will come. So we will always talk about three tournaments um, and we want to create some superheroes and really uh, get our customers in our community to really understand who's coming and create that excitement. Well, the people who got involved selling those stories, they've almost got a blank canvas because it's Absolutely. not as if the stars of the men's game aren't necessarily the, the people, the household names as they were 20, 30 absolutely. years ago. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I was privileged to go to Dubai last month with Jody Cunningham and James Simpson um, to carry the Queen's bat on um, and talk um, incredibly passionately about rugby league. And uh, yeah, I think we'll just keep doing that, keep banking the drum, um, keep using our ambassadors. Uh, we're doing a great job. Uh, keep getting to new people uh, and reminding the rugby league community this is this is amazing. This is the be- world's best athlete, 61 games, lots of different opportunities uh, and to come and see uh, nations like Papua New Guinea, the Cook Islands, Tonga, Samoa in that opening game, Jamaica making the debut, Greece, Lebanon uh, and of course Brazil. So, so much to look forward to. When will you be able to rest? <laughs> um, we, we will have uh, hopefully a glass of champagne on the evening of the 19th and toast everyone and celebrate something truly transformative for um, international rugby league I'm sure you can't answer this because you won't have been able to think about what the future is for John Dutton but would you like to stay involved in rugby league I know people will want you to be involved after, the, well, I, after I, 2013 and now 2017 in my, I, I make it my 44th um, season as a season ticket holder at my uh, local club I will certainly be involved in rugby league in some shape or form but my focus now is just on the next 200 days to go and then getting through the tournament and doing our very, very best. This is, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty special.